tuning in to Evangelist Ankit Rambabu's message on Unlocking the Faith in You. You're listening to part 5 of the series. There is only one source and His name is Jesus! Hey everyone, so good to see you again today. Uh, it's absolutely awesome, such a beautiful evening actually. I just enjoyed my drive towards the studio, to the studio today. The sun was setting, it was absolutely wonderful. Now today's message is going to be very short, but at the same time, it's going to, I believe it's going to change the way you think. And, you know, the whole thing about faith, you know, I love the scripture that says, be not conformed to the pattern of the world, but be renewed in your mind with the word of God. And that's one of my favorite scriptures in the world. And the reason I love that scripture so much is because the world is going and it's going in a set pattern for the past some time. And unfortunately, what I've seen is that the world is coming into the church instead of the church going into the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Our belief system is what needs to get into the world. But today it's gone the other way around where the world's belief system is coming into the church. And literally, it's come to a point where I've heard of churches that have, you know, homosexuals as worship leaders, which I'm not okay with. You know, how can... How can a person living in homosexuality actually lead worship. That doesn't make sense to me. And so people are literally conforming to the pattern of the world, which is a dangerous place to be. And unfortunately, it's not just related to morality, but even other things. You know, every, everybody in the world, what, what do they say? They say, hey, you know what? Uh, if I have to start up a business, then I need to get a loan. If I need to start up a business, I need a lot of investors. You know, if I need to do this, I need money. If I need to do that, I need money. So literally, just the way the world thinks, we start thinking. And unfortunately, that's not how God wants us to think or God wants us to behave. Because let me tell you, what else differentiates us from the people of the world? Except the, the fact that we have God backing us up. And unfortunately, one thing that I've seen constantly is that people have made money their God, especially the people of the world. But today we've come to a point where even the believers have made money their God. And unfortunately, even ministers and preachers and everybody, the one thing that they keep thinking about is, you know, in how am I going to get more money? How am I going to make more money? No, let me tell you, it's not about the money. Money is not, the, is not our God. God is our God. No rich man is my source. I have only one source and his name is Jesus. And the only reason we ask people to sow into the ministry is not for my benefit, but for the people who sow. It's for their benefit. So here's the thing at the end of the day. Now, unfortunately, the pattern of the world has emerged in the church where people think that nothing can happen without a loan. Like, for example, recently I was with my staff. You know, we were talking about this and, you know, I, I, hadn't, take, uh, I hadn't taken a, uh, a salary from, from the ministry for like a very, very long time. It's, it's almost been about eight, nine months since I'd taken a salary from the ministry because I didn't need the salary. And uh, we were talking about it. And then one of my staff members told me, he said, brother, you need to take a salary. Because he said, if you don't take a salary, it's going to become difficult for you. Because in the future, brother, if you want a loan, and if you want to take a loan, then you need to have a constant steady stream of income that the bank can see to actually give you a loan. And the minute he said that, I got so upset. I said to him, how, how dare you say that to me? I said, listen to me. I said, if you're saying that I need to take a salary because the bank needs to see for sure that I'm getting money in so I can get a loan tomorrow, you're telling me that tomorrow there will be a time when God is not capable enough of taking care of me or my family that I'll have to go to a bank for a loan? 
Let me tell you, the bank is not my provider. The, the bank is not going to take care of my family. It's not going to happen, my friend. For me, I've understood one thing. It doesn't matter how the world works. I'm not going to work the same way the world works. Because here's the thing. I'm not looking to a bank to provide all my needs. I'm not looking for a bank to take care of my family. I'm not looking for a bank to take care of my ministry. I'm looking to God who provides all my needs according to His riches and glory. Let me tell you, I thank God that the Bible doesn't say that He will provide all my needs according to my bank account or according to what I have in my bank balance. But instead, the Bible says He should provide all my needs according to His riches and glory. And trust me, Jesus has unlimited source of money. He is, he is the one who created gold. He's the one who created the silver. He's the one who created the diamonds. He's the one who created everything that you see, the oil in the land. Whatever you talk about, whether, whether it be oil, oil, diamonds, gold, silver, platinum, you name it, all the precious stones, everything that comes from the earth has been made by my God. And that means everything that is in this world belongs to me because it belongs to my God. So I'm not looking for a bank to take care of me. So that's the thing. We have to change the way we think, especially when it comes to money. Again, the fact of the matter is, again, let me repeat the scripture one, one more time. Be not conformed to the pattern of the world, but be renewed in your mind with the word of God. Unless until you re renew your mind with the word of God, nothing is going to change in your life. Nothing is going to change in your ministry. Nothing is going to change in your job or your financial situation. Because everybody thinks that there's only one way of income that is a job. Let me tell you, my God is a provider. And I want you to think about this for a minute. When, when, when the Israelites were in, in the wilderness, God provided for them manna that came from heaven. Now let me tell you, if God can provide Israelites with manna from heaven, though they were rebellious, you think we, you and I, being children of God, God cannot provide all our needs? Of course He can provide all our needs. We have to change the way we think. You know, if a raven could come and take care of, you know, Elijah, then let me tell you, God can take care of you. Now, here's the thing. The, the thing that you have to understand about a raven is ravens are such a weird creature where they always feast on the dead things. They're, ravens are takers. Ravens are stealers. They steal the crop from the land. They steal the rice from the land. Ravens are known for stealing food. Now, here's the thing. A raven that steals, God turned that raven around to go and feed Elijah in the, in, in, in the cave, in the wilderness. Now, here's the thing. That's the crazy part. God can change, or if God can change a raven that is selfish to become a giver, then let me tell you, God can change anybody's heart to become a giver. So here's the thing. It doesn't matter how staunch of a person your boss is. It doesn't matter how arrogant he is. It doesn't matter what issues you're dealing with with, your, with the people above you. Let me tell you, the Bible says that God holds the hearts of the kings in his hand. He can turn anybody's heart in your favor today if you believe him to do so. And unfortunately, us, we've always, we've constantly lived in a mode where we think, oh, you know, how will, how will this happen? You know, how will money come through? You know, how will this, okay, let me quickly tell you a story. Let me, you know, I want to tell you the story because I know this will change the way you think. You know, God told me that, you know, he's going to give me a fuel station. And I thought, Lord, how is that going to happen? I said, Father, you know, number one, I need to buy a land for a fuel station. I said, then, 
There's the logistics of running a fuel station. Then there is setting up the fuel station, paying the architects. It's, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. I don't want to get into, get into business. It's too much of a headache. And immediately the Lord spoke to me and said to me, Son, stop thinking the way you think. He said, Son, let me tell you this. Partners will not be enough for you to do, to, to, to do my will. And the minute he said that, it hit me. That partners will not be enough for me to do his will. So I said, Lord, so what, what are you saying? So the Lord spoke to me and said, business is the way. And the Lord will teach my hand how to make money so that I will always have an overflow. That when people sow in the ministry, it will be because they want to be blessed, not because we need the money. So I said, Lord, so tell me how to do it. And then the minute I, I said that, I, I, I went, to our, went to our church building and I was entering the church building. I met a few people. And as I was walking in, I met one, uh, a, a church member of ours. He came up to me and he says, brother, I have an idea for a fuel station. I said, you have an idea for a fuel station? I said, I just prayed about that. And I said, did God send you here? I know, because I was shocked because he brought up the fuel station. Immediately, I said, come to my office. Let's sit down and talk. So we started talking about the fuel station, how we're going to set it up and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the minute he said it, you know, I felt such peace in my spirit. And I said, no, you know what? We're going to go ahead with it. And immediately, you know, I started driving towards this very, very prime location um, near the airport. And I said, you know, that's where, you know, I want to put the fuel station up. And I started looking for a land all over the place. And then immediately I saw this one particular land that I really loved. And I said, Lord, that's the place where I want to set my fuel station up. Immediately I called my staff and I said, you know what, go. And I want to find out who owns that land. I want that land. So immediately my guys started looking for that place. And, you know, again, you know, if you, if you want to get a land, especially in a prime area in Bangalore, it is expensive. It is beyond your reach. I mean, it, it's, it's like... It's millions of dollars to buy a land in Bangalore. You know, and, and, I, and this, this land is about 20,000 square feet. And it, it's, it's humanly impossible for me to even buy it or to even think about buying it. Again, this is where be not conformed to the pattern of the world, but be renewed in, in your mind. That scripture comes into place. And you know, I decided to go and scatter that land. And uh, my guys started looking, at, looking around for that land. Who owned that land? And... Uh, you know, everybody looked at me and they said, you know what, Brother Ankit, you're crazy because that's an expensive piece of land. You know, who's going to give it to you? And I said, no, let me tell you. I said, God is going to provide. If he gave the vision, he will give me the provision. And the minute I said that, you know, people were like, fine. But they started looking for it. And immediately, we found the owner of that land. And then I met him that particular evening. And here's the thing. I told him, you know what, here's what's going to happen. This is what I want to set up in the land. And uh, this is how much, you know, uh, you know, I, this is how much I'm going to pay for it, blah, 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 blah. And I, start, I started talking to him. And as I started talking to him, the Spirit, of the, God, the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him in such a powerful way that literally, when I, when I said, I want to pay for the land, he said, you don't need to pay for the land. I said, what do you mean I don't need to pay for the land? He said, no, you don't need to pay for the land. He said, I'm going to give you the land. And he said, I, just give me a small percentage in your fuel station and I'll give you the land. I said, what? You're going to give me the land just like that? And he said, yeah. And, and I said, you know, do I have to pay you in advance or something like that? And he said, no, no need of any advance. Just take the land. I'm going to sign it. And immediately, in the next couple of days, they signed the documents and hand over the land to me for the, ne for, for the next 10 to 12 years. So land belongs to me for the next 10 to 12 years. And I didn't pay up a single penny for that 20,000 square feet of land that I have right now in my hands. And now let me tell you, that is a miracle in itself, especially in a place like Bangalore. And it's literally impossible for that to happen. But here's the thing, if I thought like everyone else thought, 
and said, you know what, uh, we're going to pray about it. We're going to start raising money for it. You know, we're going to go to a bank for a loan. None of this would have happened. Instead, I trusted God that God will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. And the minute I start believing that he will take care of my needs, everything started falling into place. And today our fuel station will be open. And we're going to put that money into the gospel. We're going to support ministries all across India and across the world. And I'm so excited about what God is doing. But what am I trying to say today? I'm saying a lot of people say that they have faith, but they don't act according to the faith that they have. You know, if you ask me, brother, what do you mean by that? It's very simple. If the Lord spoke to me that day and said, Ankit, I want you to start a fuel station. If I said, fine, Lord. And then I just sat and I just went back home and I fell asleep. Then nothing would have happened. Or if I spent the next one week praying for seven hours a day saying, Lord, where is that land? Lord, make that fuel station happen for literally the next one month. Still, nothing would have happened. Nothing would have moved. And I would not have had the fuel station today. But instead, what did I do? God spoke to me. And the minute he spoke to me, by faith, I took the steps that I needed to take to go get that land. And that's how it always works. And when, the whole, uh, when I started getting the whole fuel station up and running, you know, it's not like I had money with me to just throw around. So instead, whatever personal money I had, a little bit that I had, you know, I put it, because I put everything into the gospel every single day. You know, money comes in, money goes out. It, it's always going into the gospel. So I didn't have that much money at that point. And I said, Lord, you know, this is all I have. And I said, but God, you spoke to me. You spoke to me that, you know, that you're going to provide, that you're going to make everything happen. And I said, Lord, because you spoke to me, I'm going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to go and I'm going to get that land. So that's how I took that step. And immediately what I did, I wrote a check of, I literally emptied my bank account and I put it into this whole, um, this land idea. And when I did, God started bringing the money in, left, right, and center. And I started paying for the whole bunk. And now the entire fuel station is almost paid for. And we're 98% paid. And not a single loan have we taken from a bank to get that fuel station up and running. And let me tell you, it is literally an impossible feat for somebody to get something that big done without taking a loan from the bank. But let me tell you, I didn't take a single loan from anybody, from no bank whatsoever. And God provided all our needs to make this happen. But here's the thing. I took that first step that I needed to take when God spoke to me. Let me tell you, when God tells you leap, you, when God tells you jump or leap, you don't stand and say, Lord, you know, I don't see, I don't see what's going to happen after this. Unless until you give me a clear direction, I'm not going to do anything. No. When God tells you leap, you ask him how deep. Amen. That's the only thing you ask God. And, and that, that's the most important thing that you have to understand. When God says, go, dive into this, I will dive as deep as he wants me to dive. And I don't even care for anything else. Because the minute I hear from God, I just go ahead and do it. When God puts a dream in your heart, as long as you keep dreaming about that dream, nothing will ever happen. But you have to take a step of faith to make things happen in your life. And unless you are bold enough to take that step of faith, nothing will ever change. You know, the Bible talk, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be ye cast into the sea and it will, it, it will move. Now, let me tell you, when, when Jesus said that the faith the size of a mustard seed, he was not talking about the size of the seed, but he was talking about the simplicity of the seed. Now, when you look at the mustard seed, especially when you go to Israel, you see that the mustard seed is so small that it's almost like dust. It's not even a proper seed. It just literally looks like dust. You wouldn't even know it's a seed, you know. 
it look, it look, let me, I, I think the best way to describe it is it looks like dandruff. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how the mustard seed looks, like dandruff. But when you put it into the ground and it grows, it turns into one of the largest trees in the tree family. And that's what God was talking about. Jesus said the faith the size of a mustard seed, the simplicity of the faith. Now, in our Christian life, our salvation starts with this. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and then you are saved. So the minute you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you're saved. Now, salvation is a much bigger miracle than blind eyes seeing or deaf ears hearing or crippled walking or even the dead being raised up because your sin being forgiven is the biggest miracle. But here's the thing, for a lot of Christians when they get saved, it's so simple for them because they just believe with all their heart and they confess with their mouth and they're, sa and they're saved. The simplicity of their faith is what saves them from destruction, from hell and brings them into, in, into heaven and into the kingdom of God. That simple faith that He bore our sicknesses, carried all our pain, that by His stripes we have been made whole. In the same way we believe that He bore all our sin. He, he took all our sin, our curse, our depression, everything upon Himself. And He died on the cross on my behalf. And because of that I'm saved. When you believe this, that simplicity of faith is what saves you. In the same way, but the issue is when, when, a, when a child of God or when a believer starts growing, suddenly, you know, it's, it, they start complicating things. Let me explain this very easily. Now imagine, you know, uh, Kaviraj, who's my media, media director, he has an amazing, amazing little son. He's, so, he's such a cute guy. And, uh, you know, imagine one day Kaviraj and his son are stand, standing near their house. And, you know, he has a son in his arm and then they walk upstairs and he puts him on the first floor. So, he's four years old. And imagine this, Kaviraj takes him and puts him on the first floor. And tells his son, and he comes back down to the ground floor and tells his son, jump. And when he says jump, immediately that four-year-old will not even think twice. But immediately the kid will jump into his father's arm because he knows with, without a shadow of doubt that his dad will catch him and that he won't let him down. And that's why the kid jumps immediately like that. And, but here's the thing, imagine now, Kaviraj's son grows up and becomes a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old, you know. And then Kaviraj takes him on the first floor and puts him on the first floor. And he, and he tells the son, jump from the first floor. The son will say, Dad, are you out of your mind? What if you drop me? If you drop me, I'll break my leg. If you drop me, I could hit my head. I'm not going to jump. Because here's the thing, the kid starts thinking for himself. And the minute he starts thinking for himself, he won't take that leap of faith. The same leap of faith that was so easy when he was four years old, suddenly becomes difficult when he becomes a 12 year old. Why? Because they, they lose faith in their parents. That's a, that's a difficult truth to, truth to digest, but that's the truth at the end of the day. So that's the thing. When a child of God gets saved, it's so easy for him to believe that I just need to believe with my heart and confess with my mouth and I'm saved from hell. And that's so simple for a child of God. But as time goes by, when other things come in, when you want your healing or your miracle or you want your finances, you want a breakthrough, whatever else that you want in your life for your family, for your personal life, for your business, for your job, whatever it is that you need, when it comes to those things, suddenly it becomes difficult for you to believe that God can provide all your needs according to His riches and glory. Why? Because you start losing faith in God because you start thinking for yourself. 
And the minute you start thinking, that's when things start slowing down. And that's where you have to stop thinking about how, why, where, when, and just know if God spoke to you to do something, take the leap of faith that you need to take and God will back you up because God does not sit with the sitters. He goes with the goers and he will go with you if you only believe. The Bible says, if you believe, you will see his glory. It doesn't say if you believe, you might see his glory. It doesn't say you may see his glory, but it says you will see his glory. So that means without a shadow of doubt, you will see his glory if you believe. And that's where it really comes back to. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians today, you know, equate, you know, poverty with humility. And that's actually not the truth. And I spoke about that, spoke about that yesterday. And today I want to read this quick scripture to you from the Bible. And the reason a lot of people have not been able to put their faith in Christ, that God can provide their needs, is because they don't know what their God is capable of. They don't know what the written promise is. Let me tell you, everything that is written in the word of God is a legal written document that God himself wrote directly to you. And whatever is written, whatever Jesus has said, you can take it at face value and claim it and tell God, God, you said it in your word. That means I believe it and that settles it. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, God said it, I believe it and that settles it. It's simple. If it is written in the Bible, then that means God said it. And if God said it, I believe it. And if I believe it, that settles it. It's as simple as that. And the minute you start understanding the written promises of, promises of God, it becomes so easy for you to believe God for the impossible. Let me tell you, when, you, when, when I say believe God for the impossible, I'm not saying that that situation is impossible. But for a person who is not a child of God, or for a person who has not renewed their mind to the word of God, for them, those things seem impossible. Now, what seemed possible to me today seem impossible to you sitting and watching on the other side of this broadcast, other side of the screen. But let me tell you, what's the difference between you and me? Why am I, be, I able to do what I'm able to do? And why aren't you able to do what you want to do? For a simple reason. It's because of this very reason. Because I renewed my mind with the word of God to see the impossible and say, Lord, nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is impossible for you. So that's the only difference. You see it as impossible because you don't know what the written word of God says that you can have. But here's the thing. I have changed my mind. I have renewed my mind to tell myself, to tell my carnal mind to, and, and say to it, listen, it's not what you think is impossible. The Bible says that he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So that means brain or brain stop thinking about what is in your bank account and start believing that God can provide all your needs. Now that's the amazing thing. You look at Peter, for example. Peter toiled all, all night, didn't catch a single fish. And we all know that story by heart. But imagine this, you know, in the Bible, when Peter actually, you know, was in the boat, he, to he toiled all night, didn't catch anything. And then he heard the word, then he went there and he cast the net and he, he had a net breaking catch. But the same Peter who was there, who did not catch anything all night, that same Peter, one day Jesus looks at him and says, go, go to the shore. And then there you cast a hook, go to the sea, cast a hook. And when you cast a hook, you will catch a fish. And in that fish's mouth, you will find a gold coin. And then he says, go pay my tax and pay your tax as well. 
Now imagine this, if I was standing there in the place of Peter and Jesus says, go, take a boat, ca cast a hook and then when you get catch the first fish in that fish's mouth, there'll be a gold coin and you go pay for my tax and your tax as well. Now, that's crazy. For me, if I, if I was there, I'd be like, God, Jesus, I love you and all, but you, seem, you sound a little crazy right now. You're saying that a fish I will catch and inside that fish's mouth, there will be a gold coin. And I said, ah, well, you know, God, you know, maybe Jesus is losing his mind. You know, um, you know, this man of God is a little crazy. You know, maybe I shouldn't be listening to him. You know, I think he needs to go to a psychiatrist to figure out what's wrong with him. Let me tell you this. Thank God Peter was not me. Instead, he went and he cast that hook. And when he did, he found a fish with a gold coin in its mouth. And he went. And imagine if Peter said, I don't believe that this can happen. And he walked away from Jesus at that moment. What would have happened? Peter would not have seen that miracle. And he would not have continued with Jesus. In the same way, a lot of times when you cast your vision to so many people around you, people will tell you, ah, oh, you're crazy. How can there be gold in a fish's mouth? That makes no sense whatsoever. People will tell you, always tell you that your dreams are impossible, that you can't make it, that it won't happen, that you know it's too big of a dream, you're too small of a person. These are all things that people will constantly tell you. Even, the, even people around you, the people you think will support you will sometimes put you down. And let me tell you, you don't have to listen to what people have to say. Imagine when Jesus said this, all the Pharisees and the Sadducees around him, they would have said, you know, this Peter, this idiot, you know, following Jesus like a madman. Jesus said, oh, cast a hook. And this guy says, okay, let me go cast a hook. And he goes and casts a hook and gets a gold coin. You know, what, what is he even talking about? He, he's crazy. You know, Peter is a complete idiot for following Jesus. That's what people would have said about Peter for even listening to Jesus to go out there and to cast the hook. In the same way, there are a lot of people in my staff and my team. When I said we'll have the set, we'll have limitless, we have, we'll have all, this, all the media equipment, we'll reach the world with the gospel through media. And when I said all these big dreams, people said, you're crazy, it won't happen. But I said, no, God spoke to me. And I remember when I, you know, Kaviraj was the first person that I spoke to this vision about. I remember this was in what, the year, Brother Kavi, what year was this? 2000, 2013. 2013, you know, Kavi, come here. I want you to... Get, get, this is, let me show you. I keep talking about Kaviraj. Nobody knows who Kaviraj is. So this is Kaviraj, by the way. He's, he's my media director. He handles all the, all the crazy stuff, all my crazy ideas and everything. So that's Kaviraj. And behind the cameras, the rest of our guys, Pradeep. And we have uh, Varun and we have Lourdes on the inside. We have Brother Jackson. We have some amazing, amazing, amazing people here. We're blessed to have such an amazing mm -hmm. team. You know. But I remember, when was this? About 2000, uh, what? 13, around, uh, around 2013? Yeah, okay. October. So around 2013 in October, yeah. you know, I called, we've always had a ministry, but we never focused on the media side of it. We were just doing crusades and all that kind of stuff. And I met Kaviraj for the first time and, uh, you know, he helped me with a few stuff and I, we ended up hiring him to uh, handle the media side of things. And, you know, I mean, we weren't doing anything crazy with media. It was just like basic recording and editing and all that kind of stuff. And so one day I called Kaviraj over to my house and I said, and I was sitting at the, at the steps of the, the stairs of the house at the bottom, you know, with all the mosquitoes flying around and everything, you know, in India, summer, it's, the mosquitoes are horrible, you know. Anyway, so Kaviraj and Kai say, you know, Kaviraj looks at me and he's like, he's wondering why I'm sitting on the floor, you know, because, you know, he's like, what's wrong with, why is he sitting here, you know, he, kinda, he has such a big house, why is he sitting outside on the, you know, on the, on the stairs. And uh, I said, no, no, brother Kavi, come here, sit, 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 sit down. And he sits down with me and I, I tell him, I said, you know, I really feel 
that we should really focus on media. We should really spend on media. And I believe God will give us the biggest media ministry in the world. And I remember I told you that. Yes. And then when I said that, he, he never said, oh, you know, I don't know, brother. You know, it's such a far-fetched idea. I don't think it can happen. No, he said, brother, he said, brother let's do it. You and me will get it, get it done. And I said, absolutely. And I, and I loved hearing that. And let me tell you, he stood by me ever since that day. It doesn't matter. People thought I was crazy when I said, you know, we're going to build a set. But here's the thing. It doesn't take too many people for God to fulfill a dream or a vision that God has put into your heart. It takes only one person who will believe the word of a person who's been given a vision by God. And that's, that's the same thing with Jesus. Yes. When Jesus told Peter, go and cast a hook. And when you cast a hook, you'll find a fish and a, and, and a gold coin in its mouth. People around Jesus would have said, Peter is an idiot for following Jesus. Jesus says, Jesus says such crazy and stupid things. Why does Peter even follow a person like Jesus? People would have said that to Peter. But instead, Peter obeyed the word of the vision. And he went and he found the gold coin. He paid the tax. We know the story. But that's the same thing here. When I said, we're going to, get, we're going to have the largest media ministry in India. You know, people obviously thought we were crazy, but I had one person who was willing to go and cast the hook and find the fish that had the gold coin in its mouth. And that's why we are where we are today. So that's what it really comes back to, you know, and that, thank you, Brother Kavi. But, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, it's as simple as that. It's not actually complicated for, for, for you to believe God for the impossible, you know. And, uh, you know, Rina, you, you don't know, uh, you don't know this, but Kaviraj, has, Kaviraj and I, even before you guys got married, this was when we had the conversation, you know, Kaviraj has been there since then. And, uh, you know, but here's the thing. That's why I love Kaviraj so much because he's one guy who believed in the vision, who believed in the idea so much. And that's what I'm trying to say. That's what it really comes back to, to believe in the vision that God has placed in your heart and to take the steps that you need to take to make that vision happen. I'm going to quickly read a scripture from the Bible. Open your Bibles with me. James chapter 2. We'll read from verse 14 to 26. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Hallelujah. You show your faith by your works. Having faith is not enough. Having faith, just faith is not enough. You need to have faith and the faith needs to be proven by your works. I'm not saying you have to toil. No, I'm not saying you have to toil at all. But I'm saying... Let your actions correspond according to the faith that you have in your heart and the vision that God has placed in your heart. If God says you need to buy this land, you're not going to sit around and say, Oh God, you will drop the land into my lap. No, you have to go and start looking for that land and God will give you that land. And you know, for example, Lord, I want a media ministry. Lord, let, just, let me miraculously have a media ministry. It's not going to happen. First thing, go start believing God to buy your first camera to build your media ministry. And when you start doing that, God will back you up. Take the steps that you need to take. The small steps that you need to take. A small leap that you need to take to just jump into what God wants you to do. A small little step. A small step. A small step. A giant leap it will be for you. All that you need to do is have faith that God can back you up. 
God can back you up in everything that you do, but you have to take that first step. If God wants you to start a business, don't say, Lord, please, Lord, give me a business. Give me a business and pray for the rest of your life. You will never have a business. Instead, first go and register your, your, the name of your business, open a bank account, and then your business will start happening. But first, take the steps, the appropriate steps that you need to take. If you're too afraid to take the first step, then nothing will change. Nothing will ever happen. Are you listening to me? You got to take that first step into the impossible. Otherwise, nothing is going to change in your life. Nothing is going to go to the next level. And uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Just take the first step that you need to take. A step of faith and God will bless you beyond your imagination. But here's the thing. Unless until you take the first step. Brother, if you ask me, brother, how do I make my dreams a reality? It's very simple. First, wake up from your dream and you will make it a reality. It's very important for you to understand that. If you keep dreaming, nothing will change. You've got to make sure that you take the first step towards that dream. And let me tell you again, <clears throat> sewing, sewing is so important. I always tell people this. I say, listen, if you have a vision, I believe that every person who has a vision needs to, needs to sow at least the tithe of the vision that God has given to them. So when God gave me this idea of this fuel station, I calculated the entire amount that I would need to get this fuel station up and running. And I paid a tithe of that money, of the total money that I had to spend. I paid a tithe of it to a friend of mine's ministry. And when I did, God started bringing the money in. So I believe that everybody who has a vision needs to pay the tithe of that vision into the kingdom of God. And that will help you unlock, open the gates of heaven and bring a financial flow into your life. We love you so much. Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. If you were blessed through Evangelist Ankit Rambabu's message, we encourage you to sow a seed through our website, www.ankitrambabu.org. Don't forget to sow a seed today for the harvest you're expecting in your life. You can also invite us to your city, send a prayer request, or a testimony through the same website. Register for free on our website today. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Yay, guys.